Welcome to the Faith Christian Church Podcast. You're listening to a message from one of our many gatherings that we have throughout the week. For more information on service times, ways that you can be a part of the work that God is doing in our communities, and so much more, you can visit our website at faithchristianwi.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. We are Scott and Sue Bierman, and we are so honored to be with you this morning. Moston, um, Wisconsin. I'm a native Wisconsinite. Yay, cheeseheads. <laughs> I love cheese. Um, well, we are, are just so thrilled to be with you and want to thank you guys um, for your support with what we are doing literally on the other side of the world. It takes us about 32 hours um, to get to Nepal from our home base, which is Colorado. And so it's a long journey over there, um, the uttermost parts of the earth, the highest mountains in the world. And I was um, just thinking this morning as it's Father's Day, happy Father's Day to all you great dads out there, and um, thinking about that we all share the same Father, the Father God. And um, what there's no better way to honor him than to pursue his heart. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so um, this morning, I want to teach you a word really quick in Nepali. Are you ready? You want to learn a Nepali word? Okay, so here's the word. It's three syllables. Baf, ri, baf. You have to roll your R's. Baf, ri, baf. Ready? Baf, ri, baf. All together. Baf, ri, baf. Ri, baf. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you what that word means when we look at this next slide of the, the map, if we can get that up there. When we share with um, and teach and do training with pastors and their leaders, um, one of my sections that I train them on is the state of the world. And so this area, this map, is what is called the 1040 window. And this is an important map for believers um, if we're going to be strategic in finishing the task that Jesus has given us, the church. And in this area is um, 3 billion people that have never heard the gospel before. And so this is our target. I share that there are 7.4 billion people alive in the world today. Never have we had that many alive at one time. But 3 billion of them, 83% of those that have never heard the gospel and have no access live in this area of the world that is called the 1040 window. And so this is our focus area. And um, I have a few hey, things. Please. Oh, yeah, thank you. Okay, so this area right here is 3 billion that have never heard. And so then you can say the Nepali word, Bafri Baf, which means wow. Thanks, honey. I forgot where I was going with that. It means wow. And, and so, um, wow, that's a lot of people on the earth today, right? And a lot of people that still need to hear about Jesus. And so, um, remember, wow, bafri baf, and uh, share it with others. And so, we want to help you remember and also get the word out 
so that the church can take her place in the Great Commission. Every member is to be a part. Uh, Romans 10, 13 through 15 says, How will they hear unless somebody tells them? How will somebody go tell them unless they be sent? And so we can all be a part of the Great Commission by praying, helping to send those that are called to go. So praying, sending, and going. And so we've got a couple things on our table back there. You can um, check that out. You can sign up for our e-news, be a part of our prayer team, go on a missions trip with us, a medical mission missions trip in, um, in Nepal and help us to plant some churches and show the love of Jesus and share the gospel. These little wristbands have a reminder to pray. There's a great website that is a wonderful resource for the body of Christ called joshuaproject.net. And you can get an app on your phone that every day will pop up an unreached people group to pray for. And as the church takes her place, praying, sending, and going, we will reach them. Amen. And we have some awesome um, baseball t-shirts back there, Nepal Medical Mission, and some books. We also have an orphanage in Kathmandu with 15 beautiful kids that we're raising up to be world changers. Um, and bring the kingdom there. Um, also a little info packet. So I just encourage you to check out that back table, get some more information and get armed um, to come up higher in being a part of the Great Commission today. Thank you for having us. Amen. Thank you. Am I on? It's her birthday today. So... <laughs> <laughs> so what a privilege to be here on Father's Day. Thank you, Pastor Paul and Doreen, for having us in on this very special day. Um, you've got a great church, great pastors, great team. Can we give them a hand? That's right. yeah. this is... and I've got to know Pastor Paul and Doreen over the years, and we pastored in Delafield, Wisconsin for about 17 years. That, that seems like a long time. Um, but uh, over that time, we got to, to know them. And a couple of years ago, I believe, we came into the building here when it was during the week and no one was here. And so we were able to see the, the building. And so, such a nice place. This is such a great facility. See that you're expanding. One thing I just love about this church is we are able, as we're able to share and talk with your pastors that... There's such a, a heart for people, a, a genuineness, such a vision. It's a good church. Can, is that okay if I just butter you guys up a bit? This is so, so great to be a part and to have friends and, in ministry like this. And So um, thank you again for having us. Uh, you know, when we made a transition from pastoring three years ago, it was a real step of faith. We, were, we had the church thing going. And uh, sometimes God comes and he rattles our cage and he changes things. Things that we're comfortable doing, he, he, can, he, he has the right to change it. And, uh, you know, when you take a step of faith, sometimes there's the unknown. And uh, God has called us all to walk by faith. Can I hear an amen? And uh, so every one of us will have opportunities to step out in faith in the unknown, some things that we may not be comfortable with, but I want to just encourage you that God has really 
He really met us and connected us in ministry and network and uh, just was uh, brought strategy and traction to things that we had been doing. We'd been going to Nepal for a number of years, but now there was some strategy and some, some traction, some things that we really wanted to do. I want to share with you our vision. Our vision is we want to empower the church to take the gospel where it has never been proclaimed. And that's the church global. Some of the things that we do in other parts of the world, it all comes under this vision. We want to empower indigenous pastors and leaders, the church, to take the gospel where it's never been proclaimed. And really, why we are here today, there is no other purpose. We want to help empower you to take the gospel where it has never been proclaimed. There is an expression, there is a call, there is a ministry of this church. Amen? And it is a global in its, in its scope, in its network. And so there's tremendous significance with this church and the harvest. And harvest of people that you may have never even known about. God is bringing an awareness of the harvest. You know, as, as Sue was talking about the 1040 window, uh, one of the things about a, a, the vision of taking the gospel where it's never been proclaimed, we need to understand that these three billion people live in a part of the world where they, they, there's no Bible, there's no, there's no church, there's no pastor. In fact, it's a part of the world where they, they could live their whole life and never even know about a Christian, never meet a Christian. It's a part of the world that you would never want to be at. Think about somebody living their life, growing, getting an education, getting married, having a career, getting old and dying and never even hearing about Jesus. You know, these are people that Jesus died for. And he loves them. Aren't you thankful that he loves you? That you've been saved? That you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus? But you know what? There are people there that he died for. I still don't know who he is. And this is what we want to just share with you, just some things that I believe are, God is speaking to the church. We think about the empowerment that God has given the church. We can find this in a key scripture in Acts 1.8. I want you to find yourself in this scripture. In Acts 1.8, it says this, Jesus said this. He says, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. We can read over that scripture and think, wow, that's great. He wants to give us power. But we can miss the fact that he's given targets to the church. Through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for his presence. I thank you that in the empowerment, I thank God for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that brings deliverance, brings, you know, freedom from sin, from habits, brings blessing and, and breakthrough in finances, brings peace, brings healing, miracles. Wonderful things that happen because of the power of the Holy Spirit. But you know that God doesn't want us to just simply receive this power. He wants us to be a conduit of this power to other people. Amen? 
And with this conduit that is to come through us, it's to make us a witness. You shall be a witness unto me. In, in a court of law, when a witness is called, they are to testify of something that was seen, heard, or experienced. And a true witness will give an accurate account of that. Do you know that God wants you to be an accurate witness of the power of God in this world? There is no greater higher calling for us than to be a witness unto God. Amen? You should see God happenings in your life. Amen? And a witness. I know God is alive. I know of Jesus and his power in my life because he's changed me. He set me free. You can be a witness. But also, I want you to know that there is targets. One church, four targets. I believe that God is calling churches to fulfill the Acts 1-8 mandate. And that is to be a witness in four different targets, four different arenas. Your Jerusalem is Mostyn. It's the surrounding area. It's the community. It's the place where you came from. We, you need to be a church outside the walls of this church. Amen? A witness outside. It's a very important target, and it's the, the initial target, but it doesn't stop there. Judea would be like representative of, of the United States, similar culture. But it's, it's a, a wider scope. You know, I believe that this, this church and churches are called to affect their nation. But then he also talks about Samaria. And you know, I think it was no accident that he said Samaria because Jews did not like Samaritans. They looked down on them. They were prejudiced. And he said, you will be a witness among Samaria. Do you know that there are Samaritans, there are Samarias here in the United States? There are people that are of a different culture that you may not really jive with. God has called us to not have prejudice, but to reach those that we may not have an affinity for. Amen? That we may not have a propensity to want to be around. And you know what? In this day and age, the United States has just been inundated, flooded with other cultures. What an, what an opportunity. God is bringing the, whole, the, the harvest right here to the United States. Amen? But then it doesn't stop there. The uttermost part of the earth, and this would be people of very different culture in a different location. You can find unreached people groups right now in the United States, but you know what? They're, they are from a homeland. They are from another part, an uttermost part of the earth. And you know that God's heart is for the world. And you know what? He puts the world in our heart. And as a church, you can have an expression in all four of these targets. Amen? Now, you might say, well, okay, um, that's really good. I am one person. And you're saying, how can I be an Acts 1-8 church? Well, the thing is, is it'll be impossible for you to engage in all four of these targets on your own. But if you're a part of a church, if you're a part of a team, just by you being a part of a church, an Acts 1-8 church, 
you're going to be connected, networked with what God is doing through the church in the world. Amen? So you need to see yourself in this. You need to personalize the Great Commission. Yes, God has called you to be in the business arena or, or a school teacher or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, your profession. But it's more than that. It's more than getting a retirement and having a house in the American dream. There is a there is an eternal purpose for your life. Can I hear an amen? God wants to engage you in his harvest and you can do it by being a part of a church like this. This church is an Acts 1-8 church. You do your part. Be a part of this church. Amen? So there's two roles of a church. You know, all of the different things that express the church, you know, from all the different ministry gifts and the different parts of the body of Christ. I want to bring them all under two roles of the church. And it's the church, I mean, we can see that everything comes from this. The first one is I want to point to the scripture found in Mark 16, 15, where Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. From this scripture, we see a proclamation of the gospel, not necessarily an explanation, but a proclamation of Jesus as Lord. Amen? Preaching the gospel. Amen? And so, from this role, we see there's a target, and it's every creature. Every creature, every human being deserves to hear the gospel. Everyone has the same right not everyone has the same access. Some have no access to the gospel. Now, let's go to another scripture. It's Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have given you, or taught you, and commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. We can see from this scripture that here is another role. Go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. So the target, instead of every individual, it's every nation. And that the word nation is from the Greek word ethnos, where we get the word ethnic. And that's where we see ethnic people groups come into play in the role of the church. Do you know an ethnic group, a people group, is any group of people that share the same history, maybe a language. They have a culture. And do you know that uh, they've determined, people who study, you know, peoples, they um, have determined that there are 16,000 people groups that are in the world. About 30, uh, 30 years ago, they determined that 14,000 of those were unreached peoples. Today, that 14 unreached people groups has been cut in half. Now there's only seven. Well, that's a lot of people groups. But it's been cut in half. 7,000 unreached people groups. And so what is significant about this is that God has given us a role for the church and this role is like uh, two sides of a coin. You know, if you have a coin, a quarter, you know, for it to be a legal tender, you have to have both sides. But if you 
would grind off one side of that coin, then it's no longer legal. You know, for us as a church, we need to have the the proclamation of the gospel, but we also need the discipling. Now, what's significant about discipleship is this, is that these, these countries that are unreached, it's not enough to just proclaim Christ. We need to plant churches because churches are the primary tool that God ordained in establishing the church of Jesus Christ for the growth of every believer. Everybody deserves, everybody in the body of Christ deserves a right to be discipled. And that's why we want to see churches planted. We want to see churches planted all throughout Nepal. There's 240 unreached people groups in that little country that's sandwiched between China and India. 240, they speak over 100 different languages. How are we going to do it? Well, listen, if it's, a mission, if it's a Western missionaries effort, we're not going to do it. We're going to fail. But if we can empower the indigenous people, cast vision, and empower them to do this, we are seeing a tremendous harvest. My dad went over back in the 70s, very, very, very few Christians, very few Today, there's estimates of either between one and two million of Nepal's population are now Christians. Amen? God is doing a work. Just in the, um, just in the last two years, one of the first campaigns that we did in Nepal, we trained 130 pastors and leaders. And I want to bring up a couple of pictures. Um, I know we're kind of going back and forth here a little bit, but this man here, he's one of our trainers. This is, his name is Bim. He's from the Kumbu region in, up by Everest. Anybody hear of Everest? Well, his father, uh, he left this region that he was in, and there was no Christians in this, this area. There were no Christians, but he went to India, and he got born again. So he came back to his village, and uh, his wife was on her sickbed. She was dying. And uh, the doctors, witch doctors, they're trying everything. And um, so the husband says, well, I, I'm a Christian now, and I have heard that you can pray in the name of Jesus, and he'll heal. So he says, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to pray. So he prayed for her. She got healed. Long story short is now there's 14 churches that are up in that region, and there wasn't an American missionary that had anything to do with it. Man, so stuff like this is happening, amen? And then let's go to this next picture. Um, these guys represent some of our trainers. This guy up on the left is really instrumental. Um, he's a, such a connector, and we're doing stuff all throughout the nation and uh, networking with people. This young man here, he was the only believer in his village out in the western region of Nepal. Now he's going back there to plant churches. So this is the kind of stuff that we're seeing. We had 130 pastors trained. They went up into the the June area. Um, no, no believers up in there. Um, right after our training, they were able to plant five churches. And to this date, they have over 400 salvations. So, praise God. These guys are wonderful to be connected with. You, you would just love these people. They've they're got precious faith in Christ. Amen? So, 
Let's bring us together for a common purpose, a common goal, and it's found in Matthew 24, 14. These are the words of Jesus. And what did he say? He said, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness among every nation, and then the end shall come. Now, when we hear this scripture, we need to understand this is a, proph- this is a prophecy. It's going to be fulfilled. I believe the words of Jesus. Am I in the right place this morning? Do you believe? There's a finish line here. He said, the end shall come. When? When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness among every nation. Here's that word nation again, every people group. See, not everybody can go to a Bible school in a foreign land. And here, not everybody's called to Bible school, but everybody should have a church. And so, here is a finish line. And if you're in a race, you need to know where the finish line is. No Forrest Gump stuff here. I'm going running, right? And he just runs to the West Coast, then he runs to the East Coast. Why are we running? Why, you know, and people start running with him. You know, and everybody's running with him. And where are you running? He's just running. Do you know, God doesn't want us just to be doing ministry. He wants us to have a strategy. He wants us to have a goal. He wants us to be connected to his heart, to his purpose. Amen? So here we see this purpose. A finish line. So we're in a race. When I was in high school, I ran on a, on a track team in my freshman year. I got to go with the varsity team. We loaded up and bus went to another town. We were in a track meet. And how many of you know that track meets are a whole day event? It's, it's a long event. And you don't, it's, you don't go there just to watch it. You go there to see somebody do it. You don't want, most people don't anyway. But the long track meet... Our events were in the morning, so after our events were done, we're done. We're finished. And um, so we're left to just watch. And so people are still running by, and we're watching them run by, watching all the events. It starts to get cold. Rain starts to come down. The sun is setting. We're sitting there now. We're shivering watching these people go by. And my buddies, he said, hey, we got a bus. Let's go get in the bus. We're like, that's a great idea. So we weren't sure we were supposed to do it, so we kind of sneaked back, and we got in the bus, and we went to the very back of the bus, and I, I remember sitting in there, and I looking out the window, there turned on the lights around the track, and you could see rain coming down, and I looked out there, and I thought, man, I'm so glad I'm not out there. I'm glad we're back in here. And we, we began to relax, and we, we started to have fun, cut up and laugh with each other. And uh, we're eating our snacks, potato chips on our face. And everything changed in one moment. That was when our coach came in the bus. The doors opened up, and we heard this. He took the steps up, and he looked back over all my buddies, and he looked right into my face. He looked at me. He didn't look at anybody else. He said, Scott, come. Come with me. My heart went to my toes, and I went with him reluctantly. You know what he said? He goes, there's one race. This is the last race of the day, and I need you to be a part of this relay. Mile relay. I said, well, how far is it? It's a 
revelation right there. And that's, a good, that's an important question. We need to be asking, well, how long is it? Where are we at? Why? Because God is calling us. Amen? Now, I want to ask you this. Where can the church be? Where is a lot of the church today? Right back here in the back of the bus, right? And what are they doing back there? Well, they say it's finished. You know, Jesus said it was finished, but he didn't tell us to say it's finished. In fact, he said, go. And, but the church is back and say, well, I've been saved, I've been healed, been delivered. I got the American dream. I got a new house. Thank God for that prosperity message. Driving a new car. It's about, it's about me. It's about my dreams. Got potato chips on the face, right? And we need to understand this, that in the hour that we're living with, Jesus is coming to the church. And he's walking into our bus. He's walking in the church. In fact, he's here today. And you know what he's doing? He's looking at you. He's looking at you in the eyes. He's not looking at, he's looking at all of us. But he's looking at you and he's calling you by name. He says, come with me. We've got a race and there is a finish line. I need you to run. This is the last race. And I need you to be a part. Some of you are sweating now saying, I don't want to be a missionary. Well, the thing about it is this. We can't go if there's not a church. We can't go if you're not doing your part in the church. Not everybody is going to go. But everybody needs to be a part. Everybody needs to be engaged in this purpose. Have the heart. Why would, it, why would you not want to have the heart of Jesus? Amen? So, what is beyond that finish line? Let's take a look. Revelations 7.9. He says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, there's that word, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne. And just get a picture of this. Don't just read through it. This is, this is going to happen. Every one of those 7,000 unreached peoples, every one of them is going to be around the throne. Is that a reality now? Are they represented now? No. That's why missions exist, because worship doesn't around the throne. That's why we are here. Amen? That's why the church needs to do her job Amen. And before the Lamb, they're standing before our Lord and Savior Jesus, the Lamb, clothed with white. Listen, they're called with the same righteousness that we're clothed with. All these different faces and different looks of people, different languages. With palm branches in their hands. And listen, they're, they're worshiping. They're saying, crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne. And to the Lamb. So this church and the church of Jesus Christ around the world has one goal. Sometimes we think, well, 
I think we're just called to our Jerusalem. But you know, when you are, ex- are engaged in all of these targets, there's something that happens in the dynamics of ministry of who you are that makes you more authentic, that makes you more real, and the power of God is more dynamic in your life. John Osteen said it like this. John, the dad, not Joel, but John, he said this. He said, the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. This, I think that's significant. When we have all of God's heart for the harvest globally, there's something that happens in our Jerusalem that God is able to multiply the work that is being done here, that the light can shine brightly here in Mostyn, in your families, in your culture, in, in your world, in your jobs, because you have a light that shines brightly to the ends of the world. Amen? God wants to do a work in each of our lives. And why would a missionary be expected to sacrifice so much? And if we're called to just be here, I say just, it's a significant role. Everybody is important. Everybody is significant. But if you're going to be here, don't you think it requires the same sacrifice, commitment? I believe so. One day, what, when we stand before that throne, we'll be glad that we had a part to play in the harvest. Amen. Would you stand with me to your feet? I'm going to pray a prayer. This is we're closing with a heart of agreement. It's just going to be a consecration. I believe that when you hear something like this, it's good to make a move in your heart of a commitment. So just hear my prayer, and if you can agree with it, just make it your prayer. Father God, we're your church here today, called of you, redeemed by your blood, set free. We are saved. And we see that we've been saved with a purpose to be ministers of reconciliation, to bring the light. But Lord, we know that in your plan, in the kingdom of God, there are four dimensions, four targets. Father, I pray that we as your people would be engaged effectively in these Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. Father, we commit our heart, our life. We consecrate our life to your plan and purpose. Let our life count for eternity. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.